Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. Starting today, we embark on a fresh journey known as navigating the future. Are you filled with hope for what lies ahead? Or do you find yourself uncertain about the times to come? Let's confront the reality together. These days, we are grappling with numerous challenges. We've recently experienced unprecedented events, and reports of natural disasters and uncertainties seem to be widespread. When you witness these occurrences, what thoughts occupy your mind? Many might respond with thoughts about the present era and its significance. In the Bible, is there a particular book that holds answers to these pressing questions? Shedding light on the mysteries of the end times? Yes, it's the book of Revelation. Over the next few weeks, we will delve into the book of Revelation to discern the divine plan for the future. Our exploration will encompass an extensive examination of prophecies regarding the end times and their unfolding. We will ponder the destiny of both believers and non-believers. We will study Jesus' return and ponder the truth of heaven and hell. So, join us as we embark on this journey through the book of Revelation, allowing us to navigate the future following God's guidance. Are you excited about future? Are you hopeful for the future? In 1980-1990, when I was growing up as youth, there was a word called utopia. Now, utopia is a hopeful word for the future, but I don't hear that word anymore. At least when I was growing up, there was a, there are a lot of people dreaming for the future. What if we have a flying car? What if we have a telephone that we can carry anywhere so we can access the internet? Now, that's happening. It's uh, prevailing everywhere. But the problem is, the world has not gotten better. It's actually getting worse. I mean, it's like with all the technological advancement, the life is not going as we hope hoped for. So what is going on? How in the world that we can hope for for the future? It's so hard to navigate the future, how the future would be like. A lot of people, especially young generations, are pessimistic about future, and then they're becoming more realistic, and you know they they want to do the early retirement, and uh, to do that, they will have a lot of money uh, so that uh, they can enjoy their life. But that's just about it. And what is really the future going to be like? So that is the topic that we are going to go through. This is the new series called the Navigating Future, and we're going to go through the Book of Revelation for the next twenty-two weeks, chapter by chapter, to see how the future would be like. But the purpose is not just to know about what the future looks like, but we can prepare ourselves. We can truly live the present now as a preparation for the future. So let's go to the first chapter of Revelation, um, verses 4 through 7. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be the kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he has come coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to draw three things from this, uh, to this text. The first one is, who God is. 
So we're going to learn about God's identity. And the second, who we are, our, our identity. And then third one is what future is like. Okay, so let's go uh, one by one. The first one is who God is. Let's look at the verse 4. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. So the seven churches in Asia, they were the immediate receiver of this letter. But this is also for the message for all churches even now. And grace to you and peace. Grace to you and peace. So this is the typical greeting uh, as John was opening up his letter. But look at this. From where? Grace and f- grace and peace from him who is who was and who is to come who is who was and who is to come so this is the ultimate transcending the time he is god the father as we see in exodus chapter 3 verses 11 through 14 i am who i am the almighty god the above who is above all things who is who is the creator who is the protector who is the provider who is above all that is god the father so this grace and peace is coming from God, the Father, Almighty God. But we can also see the Trinitarian uh, greeting uh, in this passage, in this verse. And also it says, from seven spirits. Now, what is the seven spirits? Now, the scholar says the seven is the perfect number of spirits. It's a perfect spirit. It means the Holy Spirit. So, the greeting from the Holy Spirit who is before His throne, who is before God's throne. And then, verse 5, we see God the Son from Jesus Christ. So, we see the greeting from God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, Holy Trinity, one God in three persons. Now, from Jesus Christ, Christ. Who is Jesus? He says he is the faithful witness and the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And to him who loves us, released us from our sins by his blood. Amen. So John is speaking about who Jesus is and what he has done. What a wonderful greeting this is. So greeting, the Trinitarian greeting, God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. And John is speaking um, um, speaking with this grace and peace from the Lord. But think about the John situation. John is one of Jesus' disciples. And then you might think like, oh, he, he because he is Jesus' disciples, so he would be uh, better off. He would live a really good life. Well, it was pretty opposite to that. You know, all the other disciples were martyred and they were persecuted. And John, John was not martyred, but he was persecuted. Now, he was in his old age. And some people say he, he was on in his 90s. However, he was in an island, not as a vi- vacation, but it was imprisonment from the Roman government. So he could be complaining to God because of all the misery. And after all, after he uh, served Jesus Christ, and is this what he got? But instead of complaining, he is sharing the grace and peace from God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can see that uh, John was firmly believing God the Trinity, God Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he experienced the grace and peace even in the midst of this persecution. So that's why he is sharing this grace and peace with others who are receiving this letter. So we can see from this passage, in these two verses, verse 4 and 5, who God is. 
God is perfect, the Holy Spirit, perfect, and God the Son, who is perfect God, yet He died for our sins. He is the great shepherd. He is the Lord. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. God, the Father who was and He is and is to come, who never changes, who is always the same. Now, that is who God is. Now, so this is the foundation for the revelation. Before we go into the future, we definitely need to know who God is first. And then, John is going to the next point, which is who we are. Let's look at verse 6. It says, And He has made us, made us to be a kingdom, priests to His God and Father. Wow. So this is what, uh, it's a transition from who God is to who we are. Now, this is not just a theology of who God is, but this is also talking about our identity. We can see the theology, our identity are closely related because of who God is. We became who we are. This verse says, God has made us, God has made you as a kingdom and priests. Now, Israel was the kingdom of God through David, and then they were functioning as priests to represent who God is and who represent who we are to the Lord. However, because of sin, they failed to play that role. However, the church is the body of Christ, and God has made His church as His kingdom and priests. How do we know that? Because First uh, Peter chapter two verse nine talks about our changed identity. We are the kingdom. We are the priests of who uh, of, of God. So we have this new wonderful identities as well. Now think about this, that God is the king and he is the ruler of this kingdom. So we have this new king, we have this ultimate king in this kingdom. And also, we are representing who God is. Now, a wonderful connection that we all need to remember because the theology is somewhere, it's not somewhere in the book library or in the seminary, but it directly impacts us. It directly changes us and transforms us so that we can become His kingdom and we can become His priests so that God is our king and we are His people and we are His ambassadors to represent who He is wherever we go and we can lead people to Him. What a wonderful privilege that we have. What an honor we have. Now, John, again, he was in uh, the island by himself. It could be very lonely. However, he never forgotten, never forgot about this wonderful identity. So no matter what situations we go through, no matter hard, ha how hard our life could be, because, you know, not just John, but the Christians were persecuted severely at the time in, under Roman Empire. So it would be physically difficult to call Christians to be the kingdom. Roman Empire was a kingdom. So how can the Christians who were persecuted by the Roman Empire could be called as a kingdom? And then, you know, they were just, they could be, um, you know, they could live in a very poor condition and their life would be very horrible and miserable in so many ways. However, they had a very strong sense of identity that they are a kingdom and they are the representative of Christ Jesus as the priest. So important uh, aspect. And then we are going to, John is going to 
the next point, which is the future. So let's look at verse 7 together. It says, Behold, he is coming. Who is he? Jesus is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. So this is about end time. This is about the future. Now, who is coming? Jesus is coming. And who is going to see Jesus is coming? Only Christians or the, uh, the people who are in the church service? No, that is not the case. Everyone in the world, everyone in history will see Jesus' coming. Not just a few people, but everyone in the world in history will observe Jesus' coming. Now, this is a very, very uh, important uh, the, uh, the statement because this, is the, this will be the overarching theme of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is going to reveal who God is and who we are, but also he, it is going to reveal what the future look like. It's a it's a, a main theme that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Second coming of Jesus Christ. Very, very important. The most important message that the re revelation John was trying to talk about. Now, the problem is this. Since everyone is going to see, there will be different response to Jesus' coming. Now, the kingdom of God, the priest, the believers, the God's children would be overjoyed when they see Jesus is coming because they, were, they have been waiting for Jesus so long, earnestly. However, those people, those who pierced him, those who sinned against Jesus, those who remain, remain in their sins, they will be in misery when they see Jesus is coming because they know their eternal fate would be eternal punishment. Two different types of responses. The question is, what kind of response are, are you going to have? Now, are you waiting for Jesus to come or are you waiting for your uh, life would be good and better uh, in the end? Well, we have to be very careful about uh, who we are. If you are truly in Christ Jesus, if you are the kingdom, if you are the priests of God, then you will respond positively about Jesus' coming. You will be anticipating about Jesus. But uh, the other way around, uh, you, will, uh, you will not want to see Jesus' coming. You will actually want, uh, want to avoid that. Now, so how should we live? First of all, we need to know who God is to prepare for the future. Now, everything must be preparation for Jesus' coming because that is the sure end. That is the purpose. That is the vision that the revelation is showing to us. But to prepare for that, we need to know who God is as we saw into this passage. And then based on that, we are going to know who we are. Just think about this. A lot of people trying to start with their own desire. You know, some people might say, you know, I want to earn lots of money. So I want to know about money. I want to get an academic degree. So I want to know about uh, my professional degree. And I want to work really hard for my future. I want to invest in something so that I can earn more money and I can earn more life savings so that my life 10 years later or 20 years later would be better off than now. Now, working hard is not a sin at all. 
we need to work hard, and God has given us resources so that as a good stewards, we need to work hard. However, if our purpose is only about my future, our well-being, then it will be misleading because the resources that we receive, like money and health and investment, they are all temporary. They are not forever. But if you seek to know about all those resources, and if you build your identity around it, that will be shaky. So let's say if I if I earn money, then I'll become rich, so that my future would be bright. It's a very shaky, you know, because even the billionaires do not know about future. No one can guarantee the future. What if something bad happens to your life tomorrow? Every dream, every goal that you had before would be meaningless. But if your foundation is who God is. If your knowledge about God, if your relationship with God is your foundation, then it is the solid foundation. So even if you are in the situation like John was, you will never be shaken. So this is why it is important to know God. You need to know God every day. Hosea chapter six three. Strive to know God. Let's know God. John seventeen three. Eternal life is this, knowing God. So know God. That's the foundation. And then based on who God is, you need to find your identity. If you are truly in Christ Jesus, your identity is that you are the kingdom of God and you are the priest. Whether you are a student, whether you are a business owner, whether you are a soldier, if you are in Christ Jesus, your most important identity that will never change is that you are the kingdom, meaning that God is your king, you are his people, and you are priest, meaning that you are ambassador, you are representative of who God is. So that is the, uh, the foundation for preparation for the future. And based on that, we can prepare for Jesus' coming. Now imagine that... God is your king, and you are his representative. You love God so much. How much excitement that you would have for the last day. Now, I mentioned about utopia. And 20, 30 years ago, people were dreaming about future and the technological advancement and technology will save us a lot. But even if, even though the technology truly advanced, we're living the worst life. But God, if you are anticipating about God's coming, Jesus' coming, and who never changes, it will be the happiest life. Now, the, when some people are very scared about, uh, scared about the uh, uh, book of Revelation because it talks about the signs, of, uh, the uh, persecution, the tribulations, and all these things would be very scary. However, let's put it this. The main message of this book of Revelation is Jesus is coming. So be excited. Be prepared for that. No matter how difficult um, the life would be in the future, you don't have to worry about any of those things because the point is, Jesus is coming to get you. Now, imagine that you are living in a castle, in a kingdom, but one day your king left. So that, um, and you don't, know, you don't even know how long this king would be gone. So, uh, next day, 
in the month later, you know, the money in the castle is becoming less and less and less, and then the food is becoming less and less and less, and then there's an enemy is trying to attack you outside, and then people in the castle are in a panic. So some parts of can- uh, the castle were broken, and enemy is about to uh, invade your invade your castle, and some people died inside already, and the things were not really going well. So you might think like, oh my goodness, my life would be in trouble. However, you have this hope. One day, the king is going to come back and the king is going to destroy this enemy and the king is going to restore this broken castle and the king is to restore every broken finances and all the missing pieces. And he is going to bring even more wealth and health to this castle and he's going to restore everything beautifully even better than ever before so you have this hope so this present troubles will not be or even future troubles are not a burdensome to you because of this hope likewise this is the same exactly the same hope that christians true christians have now present life can be very difficult even the future uh, looks hopeless However, Christians, we have a true hope, ultimate hope, that is that Jesus is coming. Our King is coming, and He is going to restore me. Even if I die miserably for the sake of Christ Jesus, He is going to resurrect me with a better body, glorious body, and I'm going to live with Him forever. He's going to restore all the brokenness. He's going to wipe out my tears, and He's going to lead me and bring me to His kingdom forever. We're going to live gloriously forever. What a great hope! So the Revelation, book of Revelation, is not a scary book. It's a glorious book. It is a very hopeful book. It's not about technological advancement. It's not about the shaky promise. It's not a, um, you know, the foundation that will be gone next day. But it is based on the sure foundation, which is about who God is. And built. it is building our true identity as His kingdom and priest. And it is giving us a sure foundation, sure hope that Jesus is coming back. Are you hopeful now that Jesus is coming back? So focus on that. Do not worry too much about global warming and all these things. Of course, those things are signs telling us that we are living the end time and Jesus is coming soon. Main point is what? Jesus is coming soon. Focus on that. Be excited about it. Prepare for His coming. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful message of Jesus is coming. Father, please help us to prepare ourselves for His coming so that we can always be hopeful for His coming and we can live as your kingdom and live as, live as your priest. Thank you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.